0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by fantasydraft.com. Use the promo code ROTOZONE for a 100% deposit bonus over at fantasydraft.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Thursday. At FanDuel GPP ownership percentages, and we talk about the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at Benny R11 and over at Roto Curve, Roto Wire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS Benicio.
2: Welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? I actually have a, a, a quick story for you to uh to start off the day. I am in the semifinals of my. Like, you know, my friends, long running friends, season long fantasy football league. Sure. And the guy I'm playing in the semifinals had St. Louis defense last night. All right. So when Benny Cunningham had like that 98 yard return and got tackled at the two. That was so juicy. Yeah. I I sent him, I sent him a message. I'm like, Oh man, that's tough. Thanks for getting the ball to the two yard line so that my, uh, you know, Todd Gurley play can get the (laughs) touchdown now. So, Todd Gurley carry one, Todd Gurley carry two, Todd Gurley carry three, and then the field goal comes up, and you knew, like, literally seconds after he got tackled uh-huh. on that third one, I got another, you know, uh-huh. an- another text that I can't really talk about on air <laughs> right back from him, so, yeah, I put my foot in my mouth a little too soon on that one. So. That's an awesome story, yes. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, sorry about that uh, last trash-talking text there that uh, didn't work out as well, but at least he didn't get the six points for the touchdown, so... I do have a a decent lead started with, uh, Gurley versus St. Louis D. So we'll see how that works out this weekend. We
1: shall see indeed how that works out. So very interesting, um, you know, to see how it ended up playing out. Yeah, that was really brutal that, that Gurley is supposed to be that good and, and also got stuff like that. And also interesting for like, you know, people who maybe played Jameis Winston or, you know, um, just like Case Keenum just, it's so weird how he is light and day like better than Nick Foles. I was just thinking about Nick Foles, where is Nick Foles going to be? Like is he gonna be in Arena League next year? Uh I mean if you let like, Case Keem come in here, perform like this and um you know and they and they signed Nick Foles to a two year deal, so they're gonna have to eat money next year, you know. Fourteen of seventeen for two thirty four and two touches. Uh, you know, which is like, sayonara, Nick Foles. Like, you should never have this shot back at least for the rest of this season. So, yeah, very interesting. And I, I, I just love to, I mean, I wish, like, you know, we had sort of, the sort of this sort of continuity in Cleveland. But they're like, yep, Jeff Fisher, Snead, you guys are back next year. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Because they keep doing the same thing every year. Like, St. Louis gets on track when it doesn't matter anymore at the end of the mm-hmm. season. You know, like, oh man, there's so mm-hmm. much hope for this up for the, for this offense if they get it going and. Uh, you know, this defense is lights out. We just need one more piece. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see how it ends up playing out, uh, going forward. But, uh, I digress here, Benny. We'll go ahead and talk about the, uh, week 15 FanDuel ownership percentages. But before we do that, want to let you know that you can subscribe to the Roto DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Leave us five stars. Leave us six. Eh, maybe figure out a way to leave seven. We would love that. That would be perfect. That would be, uh, make our day. So that would be definitely appreciated here and we can kick off this show here talking about the ownership percentages that came through for week 15 here. Todd Gurley comes up as easily the highest owned player, 15.6%, right behind Doug Martin, or right ahead of Doug Martin here at 9.5. Then we have Mike Evans at 7.2, Winston at 4.4, Sofan Jenkins at 4.4, and then you know for those who care about Tavon Austin who actually got used at 3.5%. So few people you you feel like you're sitting pretty so and so in those uh, St. Louis truthers out there, 0.2% with Case Keenum. So very interesting there. All right, so we'll talk about the uh, stuff that um, we need to sort of focus more on here. And this is Russell Wilson at 23.7% owned. That par- firmly, in my mind, places him out of GPP territory going into the weekend. No surprise that, that he's up there um, in ownership percentage based on how he's played, based on having the reincarnation of Jerry Rice at wide receiver and Doug Baldwin. And the matchup at home at uh, Cleveland. So your thoughts on him up top and everybody else at under, percent, under 10% owned uh, on this list.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Russ is the one guy who I probably will try to stay away from in tournaments this week. Yes. Um, especially because when we get to the wide receivers, you'll see that his pass catchers are really highly owned too. So if you were thinking about going with a Russ Baldwin stack or even trying to get cute and going with the Russ Lockett stack, mm-hmm. you know, I still don't think you're going to be alone in doing so. Um, if you, if you're afraid to not have any exposure to him, I think the way to do that and the way that I'll probably do that is have him in your cash game. So this way you have the cash game exposure to him. Cause I do still think he's going to put up a pretty solid game. I mean, I think he's probably looking at like 250 and two or three touchdowns, which isn't going to kill you, you know, as a worst case scenario. I do think that, you know, they've been passing, they've basically been throwing the same amount of passes. They've just been. Finding the end zone on a lot of them for, you know, long passes for touchdowns lately. So it does seem like something that regression is due for. But again, you know, if he's going to be that highly owned and you're afraid about not having exposure to him, I think, um, you know, I think that the way to do it is, you know, use him in cash and then try to figure out a way to beat him when you're, you're looking at your GPP rosters.
1: All right. Fair enough. I'm with you a hundred percent. Now let's talk about the other guys that like are all in the mix in my mind because uh they're the in the under ten under ten percent range. So you can sort of decide if you want to go a different direction in cash with Wilson or if you want to go with somebody like Blake Bortles, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Carson Palmer, and Tom Brady, all in the nine point four to five point five percent range. How do you end up shaking uh that out that group?
2: Yeah, I think um you know, there's a couple guys who I'm looking at here. I do like Cam in this matchup. You know, he's another guy that's been putting up like 20 to, you know, 30 fantasy points. So I think he's okay. You got Stafford going up against New Orleans. So I think Stafford against New Orleans is going to be a decent play. I also don't hate Breeze on the other side. And again, with all these guys being less than 10% old, I think you can kind of roll with all of them. Uh, Carson Palmer against the Eagles is somebody who's very interesting to me. And then if you go down to like the lower end, there's a couple guys who I'm looking at as well. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor can do some damage with his legs this week. He's under 3% owned, so he becomes an intriguing option. I still like Roethlisberger at home, even though they're going up against the Denver D. Definitely would not use him in cash, but I still think that that Pittsburgh offense is pretty explosive and that they do play at a faster pace and they try to throw the ball around a lot. So 2% ownership on Roethlisberger with those two receivers that he has on the outside – I know it's Denver D. I know Denver D has been really good this year, but I think that he makes a decent tournament option. And then even guys like Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers, I think Rodgers and Rivers are both in pretty good matchups. You know, I think Rodgers is going to throw it a little more this game. I, you know, I can't imagine it's going to be an Eddie Lacy game again. Uh, You know, him and Starks on the ground were good last week, but I do think they're going to go a little more to the air this week. And then, you know, you look at Rivers at 1.5% and, at a discounted price coming off a bad game last week but remember last week he didn't have any pass catchers i mean they were grabbing guys like vincent brown off the street and you know putting him in uniform and and giving him some snaps so he probably still won't have stevie but if he gets inman back he's got inman and floyd on the outside and you know Ladarius darius green who's being underused and and antonio gates on the inside I, i think he could have a pretty decent game here um you know, especially because people are talking about the narrative that this could be the last game for the Chargers in San Diego and all, so I think, uh, you know, Rivers is going to want to go out with a bang. And, I mean, he's still throwing 40 passes a game as well, so, you know, if you're going to get that kind of volume for a cheap price and low ownership, I think that's a great GPP play to take a look at.
1: Yeah, I like that there as well, so... um You know, we'll see how much exposure Philip Rivers actually get, just 1.5% owned uh, overall. I want to talk to you about uh, Aaron Rodgers, who I had a little bit of a debate with with my co-host on Pro Football Focus here, Renee Miller. Mm -hmm. And she says she's still in. i just, you know, I have concerns about Khalil Mack and how much of a monster he has been. Uh, and the Oakland Raiders' defense, in turn, has been has played quite well since then. If you think about Philip Rivers, he's always had that upside, but he really has not produced. His wide receivers have let him down at a serious level. It's almost like Richard Rodgers is the best passing option that they have. So, how do you treat Aaron Rodgers for Week 15?
2: Yeah, like I said, he's. You know, purely a GPP play, but we know that this guy does have the talent, and I, I kind of feel like that game is going to be a sneaky shootout between Oakland and Green Bay. I think that you're going to see, you know, Oakland's a team that likes to throw the ball anyway, and if you look, one of the things with Oakland, like, everybody's kind of off them this week, but they've had some tough matchups over the the past couple weeks. Green Bay is a much softer spot than I think they played what like Kansas City and Denver in their last two games. Mm -hmm. So even though the numbers haven't looked that great for the Oakland D, nobody's numbers have really looked that great against KC and Denver. They've been two of the better pass defenses in the league. When you put Carr up against a, you know, mediocre to, to weaker pass defense, he's been able to put up some numbers. So I think that this game, you know, could be higher scoring than even Vegas expects. And if that's the case, It's probably going to be through the air, and I think it's going to wind up turning into a little bit of a shootout between, you know, Carr and Rodgers. And that's the spot that we want Aaron Rodgers in, you know, where he's forced to pass and doesn't have to turn around and hand it off 25 to 30 times to, you know, Starks and Lacey over the game.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you 100%. Any other quarterback options that we have to discuss down at the very bottom um, before we move forward?
2: I mean, that's pretty much the guys for me. You know, if you're looking. To save money, I think the guy who I have decided would be my cheap quarterback option would be AJ McCarron because I think, uh yeah, I think you can link him up with like AJ Green and you know have some big upside, especially if Eifert's out. You know, we've seen Green put up bigger numbers when Eifert hasn't been in there, and the one thing that you know, we know about Eifert is that he's been getting a lot of looks in the red zone. So if Eifert can't go, you know, those looks get redistributed out to the rest of the guys. So I think in this case, uh, you know, AJ green would be one of those guys. He does have a pretty decent um, PFF matchup. I mean, they move him around, but I know there's one weak cornerback on San Francisco, so he should see him on at least half of the snaps and uh, you know, should be able to get some upside out of it there.
1: All right. Fair enough. Um, I, AJ McCarron um, is a guy that I actually picked for 120 sports as my best uh, number one pun option. And I actually got talked into TJ Yates too. I think he's actually in a pretty good spot. The Colts have been getting lit up like a Christmas tree. It is December, you know, so <laughs> I feel... So, so it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, yes. You know, I think it, right now we, you and I, Benny, have a good chance for 20 fantasy points against uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts defense. So um, if that's going to be the case, then I will won't won't... Won't mind having uh some tears of TJ Yates as my good buddy uh Michael Bella recommended here for week fifteen. All right, we're gonna move on to the uh running back position here. Uh David Johnson still reasonably priced in a in a pretty good spot overall and twenty two point one percent owned. Then we have Adrian Peterson at twenty percent, Lamar Miller at fifteen point three, coming off another hundred yard game. Then D'Angelo, Eddie Lacy, and Denard Robinson all at ten percent, with Tim Point Tim Hightower at seven point three. What's your approach here?
2: Yeah, I really don't like David Johnson at 22% this week. Um, Philly's run defense is not horrible. That front seven is actually the strength of their defense. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of looking more for like a big Carson Palmer game. Uh, you know, maybe even like playing Palmer naked. Or if I'm using anybody with him, it's probably going to be like Michael Floyd, who we'll get into in a minute. But David Johnson to me at 22%, it just screams fade. So I think that that's probably the way I'm going to go. One thing I noticed about pricing that I wanted to point out to everybody, pricing for running backs is pretty soft this week over on FanDuel. You know, it's been soft pretty much all season on DraftKings, but it's really soft this week on FanDuel. Like, you can get some guys who are going to see a, an absolute ton of volume. Guys like, you know, Tim Hightower, Sharkhandrick West, um, even David Johnson, who should see see some pretty big volume. You know, there's a lot of guys like this in that, like, 6,000 to 6,500 range. So... I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Adrian Peterson is twenty percent old. He's home and he's against the Viking uh home and against the Bears. But it's easy to fit him in this week, even though he's the top price play, because you can pair him up with like a Sharkhandrick West at fifty nine hundred or you know, a Denard Robinson at sixty three hundred and not really have to, you know, sacrifice at, at the at the quarterback or the wide receiver position this week. So it makes sense to me. Obviously, Adrian Peterson is a guy who we really like on Fanduel because he can get you the touchdowns and and the touchdowns are so important over there so i can kind of see his ownership being 20% more than i like David Johnson's up there at this point
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense for me there as well so and you know what that's you're, you're you're 100% right about the the pricing on Fanduel they've been like much tougher in terms of like the value overall and i wonder if it has anything to do with like the um the overall um uh, yeah uh, information coming out that they, uh, the, the entries are sort of fading downward for them, you know, towards mm. you know, here, towards the end of the season. So they I think they maybe might have just taken a look at their own pricing and be like, all right, we have to loosen this up a little bit to get these people back in here because they might be struggling with, um, you know, the guys that, uh, the, the, lineups are sort of building. It's always a little bit easier on DraftKings as they make, make it so cheap to get sh- the, get you to get the players that you want to get in in and mm-hmm. you know fanduel has been a, historically tough for doing that and so maybe they decided to go a little bit in the different direction so we'll see how that ends up shaking out going forth this is a one-week thing or if it uh, moves forward uh so outside of this uh that top group here who are you going to slide down to in uh value town to make a case for
2: yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of guys down there in Valley Town. I mean, even D'Angelo Williams this week is only seven thousand uh-huh. dollars. So you know, he's a guy that's been putting up twenty plus fantasy points. I know it's a tough matchup against Denver and all, but again, if you're going to be you know taking a chance on like David Johnson is like, oh, I got to get him in my lineup. He's only sixty five hundred. Well, D'Angelo Williams, who's basically had twenty points in a start that he's averaging, you know, is only seven thousand. So you could easily find that five hundred dollars. Um, guys like Denard Robinson against uh, San Francisco, who's, you know, got a, a, a bad rush defense. Oh, wait, no. Is he going to San Francisco or Atlanta?
1: Who are we talking about?
2: Denard Robinson? Denard Robinson. That's Ro-
1: Atlanta, right? Yeah, that's Atlanta. Uh, Jeremy Hill yeah. is the one playing uh, th- um, the Niners.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even then, both, both of those guys are, you know, going up against two teams that are, you know, in the top three for fantasy points allowed the running back. So they're both cheap. I like them. You saw 28 carries from Tim Hightower last week. Uh so he's another guy that I think you can consider. I really like Sharkhandrick West. He's he's one of my favorite plays here. Only seven percent owned. There's a really, really good chance that Spencer Ware is out. And you know, remember after Jamal Charles went down, for three weeks in a row, Sharkhandrick West went for twenty plus fantasy points, and then he got hurt, and then when he came back they've been splitting carries. So if Ware is gonna be out and you're gonna see West getting the, you know, full lion share of the carries again. I don't think it's out of the question in a game that you expect Kansas City to be ahead to think that he can get you 20 fantasy points for less than uh, $6,000. I mean, that would be a great return on investment if you can get that out of him.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So my my next question for you two here is to um, yay or nay on exposure to Fozzie Whitaker here in Week 15?
2: No, I am not touching anybody in that Carolina backfield. We already... See, the thing I liked about Jonathan Stewart is you knew he was going to get the 20 carries. Uh-huh. That's basically what made a Carolina running back somebody that you can look at and play and have some faith in. Right. Fozzie is very likely to be the, the workhorse, but there really isn't going to be a workhorse per se. You're going to get some Fozzie carries. You're going to see a little bit of Cameron Artist pain. You may even see Tolbert down there towards the goal line, you know, basically vulturing those touchdowns so if Tolbert's going to get some of the goal line work and fozzy's going to get some of the passing game and uh, and then a little bit of rushing and and you know cameron Artis Payne's going to get mixed in there then all three of those guys to me are not going to have enough volume to make any of them a play even at the cheap price
1: all right fair enough now in the same vein there do you want to touch any part of the christine michael rice brown experience uh, for week fifteen against Cleveland, who's historically a bad run defense,
2: are they? Are either one of them even in the
1: the player pool? Um, oh, you know that's a good question. I think they're um, they are in one. I think on like on Fandle, you can get exposure to Christine Michael, but n- I think DraftKings is the one where you weren't able to get them in there since the information came out too late.
2: Yeah, I know neither one of them are on DK. Um, I think I you know. can get
1: Christine Michael and Fandle.
2: I mean. I, I don't even really know which one of them is going to see the bulk of the carries. And Seattle has been throwing it a little more down towards the red zone lately anyway. So I don't think I'm going to really mess around with exposure to either one of them. You know, sure, if you want to do it for a tournament, is it a high upside play? Yeah, but it comes with a lot of risk. Like, you know, we don't know. Like, I I prefer you know to look at a guy like like West or a guy like DeNard Robinson who you know TJ, T.J. Yeldon is probably going to be out and if T.J. Yeldon's out then you know where the you know where the carries are going to come from. So if I'm going to spend down on somebody, I'd rather look for one of those guys who I'm pretty sure are going to get me 15 to 20 carries and who I've already seen, you know, put up decent fantasy scores when they when they've gotten that kind of volume. I just Christian Michael for years has been a guy that people are like just wait till he gets his opportunity. And you know what? I'll just keep waiting. If he goes off this week, you know, I, I won't be one of the guys that benefits from him, and I'll just put him on my radar for other weeks going forward. But I've been hearing people say this for the longest time, and I've yet to see him put up a huge fantasy game. So definitely probably staying away from that one.
1: All right, fair enough. Um, and, the, and the last guy I really want to talk to you about here is um, what do you do in, in this situation here with uh, somebody who's still um, – like in the middle tier here like not super cheap but not um priced as a very top option and productive like lamar miller in a good matchup against san diego there um you know he's basically back-to-back games where he goes over 100 total total yards um not as much of a passing factor as he was here and the the past few games, but a lot of people are still pretty disappointed in Miami D um, or Miami offense overall because they've been so underwhelming every single week when people have wanted to stack, like, you know, Ryan Tannehill to Devontae Parker thinking that was going to be a thing or get involved in Jarvis Landry here. what? How do you end up uh, sorting that out?
2: Yeah, I actually like that tier of guys for tournament play because it feels to me like people are either spending up on Adrian Peterson are kind of punting the position all together and taking combinations of, you know, some of the guys who we mentioned already, like the Wests and the Denard Robinsons and the the David Johnsons. So you look in that middle tier, you can get guys like, you know, D'Angelo Williams, Lamar Murray. I actually liked LaShawn McCoy a lot more earlier in the week before I heard Carlos Williams was going to be back. So I think that kind of takes him a little off the table. Mm -hmm. I can't get myself to play Eddie Lacy. I, I don't know. I just can't do it. But I think if you're looking for guys who are a little bit lower owns. I mean, like here's basically a good example. You know, Lamar Miller's going up against San Diego. Who's the worst rush defense in the league or has been one of the teams we've been targeting for most of the season. And it's only, this is what I meant about the pricing. He's only $200 more than David Johnson. He's only $400 more than Denard Robinson. So, you know, you can look at a lot of these guys in that cheap $7,000 and below price range. And there's a lot of them that have been producing. So I think that, you know, Miller is definitely somebody in play for tournaments. Um, you know, like I said, D'Angelo Williams. You know, there's a lot of guys around there that I think have some upside.
1: All right, fair enough. We will move on position wise to the wide receiver position here. Doug Baldwin, 37.4%. Uh, I don't think I remember seeing another wide receiver in some time priced up this highly. But, you know, um, and here's the thing about it. Like, I actually. It, it, this says fade all the way for GPP, and I'm 100% with you. Okay, he's just too ho- too highly owned for you to really make it, make a case for him, and the price has risen um, in a spot here where you you, you don't really feel like it's su- supreme value. Like for instance. Uh, Yahoo's got him up to 26 bucks. That to me, that to me is, is upper tier. I mean, still pretty cheap on, on Fandle at 5,800 overall. I'm sorry, on DraftKings overall, which is pretty ridiculous. But then you go uh, over to Fanduel, and, you know, they've priced them up, uh, appropriately into like, uh, the, the, you know,
2: 7,400.
1: Uh, so what's your gen, your general approach? Are you, it's a cash lock for you or an overall fade?
2: I mean, I'm definitely not playing them in tournaments. Definitely, definitely uh, not ca- for me either. I, I didn't have him in my Thursday cash game. Mm -hmm. You know, I may consider it just because he's so highly owned. You use it for the block and try to win in other places. But here's here's the interesting thing about the ownership to me. And this is what I noticed when I first saw these numbers last night. You have Doug Baldwin at 37% and Tyler Lockett at 15%. So the top two owned wide receivers are both Seattle wide receivers here. Uh okay now this is not like a high volume passing game that's throwing the ball 40 times a game like i said they've been having four great weeks in a row russ has 16 touchdowns and you know 1200 something yards in the last four weeks but it's been three five three five on the touchdowns i don't know if that's sustainable i think that regression at some point is going to come and with these two guys being that highly owned and russ being that highly owned i am perfectly okay staying away from them in tournaments Now, the next three guys after them are Jeremy Macklin, Sammy Watkins, and Ted Ginn. So those are your five highest-owned guys here. Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Jeremy Macklin, Sammy Watkins, Ted Ginn. If you had that in the pool at the beginning of the season, you would have won millions right now because I don't think anybody would have put those five names together. Now, the thing about all five of those guys is they're all guys that are kind of deep threats to me. You know, they are boomer bust kind of guys. If they don't catch that long touchdown— They could they're all guys that could easily give you eight or nine fantasy points. And that's where I'm a little bit concerned, especially with guys like Baldwin and Sammy Watkins, whose price has now come up to the point where they're the same amount of money as some of the stud wide receivers. You know, guys like we have DeAndre Hopkins, who's number two overall in the NFL for targets this year at only 10 percent. You have Golden Tate, who's been seeing 10 targets a week over his last four games, Is only 10%. A.J. Green, who's like 15th in targets at 8%. ODB, who's top, who's like number 7 at 6%. Antonio Brown, third most targeted receiver in the league, 6%. You know, Demarius Thomas, fourth most targeted receiver in the league, 2.5%. Alshon Jeffrey, 2%, you know, fifth most targeted wide receiver in the league. So if you're looking for the same kind of upside, To me, I would rather take some of these guys who are getting a lot more targets and who get more consistent targets and and get red zone looks rather than take all these home run threats that are highly owned. Because even if you have a Doug Baldwin at 37% and Doug Baldwin does happen to have his third big game in a row, which, you know, I don't think any receiver in NFL history has had three straight games with three touchdowns. So, like I said, it's going to be tough for him to stay at that plateau. But even if he does do that, only twenty percent of people cash in a GPP, and he's thirty-seven percent owned. So, is it better to be, you know, have still have a fifty-fifty shot of cashing or not cashing if you do have Baldwin and he happens to hit, or is it better to not have Baldwin, hope that this is that eight or nine point game, and you know, knock out two-thirds of the field? So, to me, the question of do you fade him or do you play him is pretty easy because I'll fade Baldwin, who is basically costing me the same amount of money as you know, some of those highly targeted receivers that we talked about. I mean, I think Baldwin is actually more expensive than I was going to say Alshon, but I know Alshon is is a little banged up, so it might not be the greatest comparison. But like, you know, Baldwin's more expensive than a guy like Demarius Thomas is. And if we think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to put up some points in that game, you got to think that the Broncos are going to throw, you know, Pittsburgh's run defense is pretty solid. People haven't been able to run against them. So throwing the ball to Demarius is probably the most likely way that the the Broncos are going to move the ball in this game. So I'd rather have a guy like Demarius for three hundred bucks more, who sees way more targets per game than Baldwin does. You know, in in a tournament, I think that you get a lot more upside out of that, especially at a two and a half percent ownership versus a thirty seven and a half percent ownership.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, This is this is disappointing for me because I felt like. A lot of the fancy pundits out there, like, you know, you, myself, uh, Bell are out there. Well, I'm not in this group, actually. I'm on the other side. Feel like this is the time to get off the train, you know, because they and it, for GPP purposes, I absolutely totally agree. You can't play somebody that's 37 percent unless, you know, it, it's like a min price guy who everyone, you know, is going to have to have exposure to. And you're just going for the block like Devonte Adams in week one. OK, mm-hmm. that part, narrative definitely makes sense for me. But Cleveland and their defense, um, you know, if you've seen like them against good teams, like, you don't forget about how much, you know, they got destroyed against a Cincinnati Bengals offense that walked into their house and put up 37 points, you know. And now Cleveland has to travel on the road to Seattle again without a discernible run game, you know. So that's the issue that I have with, you know, people saying, all right, this is the week. Now, something in your favor, by the way, is that cleveland actually gets their best healthy corner um available back for this week and he actually is their slot player in kaywan williams though so joe hayden i believe is out on injured reserve Tremont J- mm-hmm. williams is the guy who you would hope and pray would have gotten uh doug baldwin coverage but he's been primarily like the left corner who doesn't move and doug baldwin has been doing almost all of his damage in the slot sw- slot lining up 82 percent of the time in the slot and um uh one Williams has a positive pass coverage grade and he was you know a guy who actually um beat uh Justin Gilbert out for a job along with uh Pierre Desir so he was a, a undrafted free agent who leapfrogged a number one draft pick and a fourth round draft pick on the roster that's how how well he played last season and he's just coming back from a concussion so that should, should give Doug Baldwin owners a little bit of pause having said that I just think it's too much of a you know out of body experience with him you know finding the ghost of Jerry Rice and, uh, you know, playing at, a, at an elite level. And, you know, give all the credit to to uh, Russell Wilson there as well, who's really turned up a to, um uh, you know, a second and third and fourth tier overall. And, and by the way, frickin' Mike Pitt not doing anybody any favors, sort of just saying, I don't put uh, Russell Wilson in the top tier of quarterbacks. If you honestly believe that, you're an idiot for coming out in the press and saying that when that's your matchup this week. Why would you give the team bulletin board material? You mm-hmm. are. I, this is the first time I've I've said it in some time. I've actually sort of been a, a Mike Pitt and supporter as a Browns fan, but that was just really stupid. And then he was forced to backpedal the next time. Even if you think he actually is in the second tier, you should give him all the credit in the world and saying, hey, he's playing like a Hall of Famer right now, you know. And yeah. so I was just, you know, rather than him actually, I, I, I want to give him some credit for being honest overall. But do that. Don't do that the week you're playing that team, you know. If that's how you feel about that one, just really annoying and frustrating. So. Um that's how I have that end up shaking out. So uh, I think we're done here in terms of uh, talking about some of the top options. Any other flyers um, that you want to throw out there? I have a couple, but um, if you want to toss yours out there, I-, I would love to hear them first.
2: Yeah, I mean the the guy for me who's the salary saver that I really like this week is Michael Floyd of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 6100 is his price over on – FanDuel, I think he's like forty four hundred over on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Floyd's got a hundred yards receiving in four of his last five games, and the one game he didn't do it was the game where, you know, he was banged up and and kinda sat out. I think he actually even went to the locker room early and then came back, so his snap count was really low. So there you know, you can kind of excuse him for that. And, you know, that Arizona pass attack has been on fire. Carson Palmer's been picking people apart. Floyd has six touchdowns in his last seven games, and he's big, he's fast, he can go up and get the ball. So he has all the skills, and I think that he would be the guy, if I was looking to save some money, that I would go to down at 6,100. The other guy, you know, like I said, I like Tyler Lockett play. I was on him a little bit last week. I don't know if I like him as much at 15%, but again, if you like that passing attack, you know, he's been as big a part of it as anybody else has, you know, maybe a little bit less than Doug Baldwin, who's been amazing, but you know, Lockett's been putting up touchdowns and getting targets too is a, you know, much bigger piece of that, that, uh, pass attack. And he's also the kick returner. So I do like Seattle's defense and you can get a little bit of a, you know, double dip action if he runs back a punt. If you have Lockett and Seattle on the same lineup.
1: I, I like that play there as well. A couple other guys that I, um, I want to mention. Well, I will mention one of them too. I don't want to give away every single piece of my article here. Um, but if you want to take a look at um, uh, Taylor Gabriel for the Cleveland Browns, by the way, the, mm-hmm. the wide receiver position at the for the Browns is a mess. They are actually down to like the number six and seven guys, which happen to be Jennings um, off the practice squad and Terrell Pryor, believe it or not. So if you want to go uber contrarian and buy into some Far-fetched narrative as a former Seattle Seahawk uh, employee, in Terrell Pryor, he's out there. I don't even know if you can actually find him in the pool because I haven't tried. But um, but Taylor Gabriel is in the pool. He's min-priced on DraftKings and min-priced on Yahoo, and I expect him to get a fair share of snaps because Brian Hartline was placed on IR with a with a collarbone injury, so he ends mm-hmm. up probably slotting in as their number one with uh, Terrell Pryor alongside him. I'm actually interested to see if you can get Terrell Pryor there. I bet you you can't. Uh, but you should have actually, because he played 16 snaps for Cleveland, so maybe you can. Um, this isn't even anything I would ever recommend. He played; he got zero targets last week. I just want to know if it's actually possible. Um, and on Fandle, it looks like it is not possible. So even Fandle says, "Look, we don't care about this guy." <laughs> All right, so you can throw that out the window. But uh, Taylor Gabriel, ten dollars on Yahoo, three K on you know um, DraftKings, and forty eight hundred on on Fanduel. Uh, all of the guys that you can sort of uh, take a look at and make a case for. All right. That is going to do it uh, for the uh, running back position here. Now um, we can talk about tight ends. Jordan Reed pops up. Very um highly owned here at seventeen point seven percent, Rob Gronkowski at eleven point eight, Antonio Gates at eleven point three, Ben Watson at eleven point three, those are all the guys that are ten percent or higher. Then you have Julius Thomas, R- Richard Rogers at eight point six and six point five, Delaney Walker at four point oh, and then Greg Olson and Gary Barnard Jackson you know, two of the guys who've been probably going to the Pro Bowl on on each side of the conference there at three and a half percent. Um how do you end up shaking this out?
2: Yeah, I you know, this is really This one is really tough for me because here's here's the case for and against Jordan Reed and how I handle Jordan Reed is going to kind of decide how I handle everything else. You know, the thing with Reed is he's getting consistent targets every game. He got eight, he got nine, he got eight, he got nine in his last four games. So you are getting volume out of him. 6300 is not a very expensive price. But if you look at Buffalo, they're actually really solid against the tight end. I think last year they were number one in the league. And this year they haven't been horrible. The number is actually even better for Buffalo than it should be because if you look at their averages per game, if you back out the, what did Gronk have? 32 fantasy points in week two against them or something crazy like that. If you back out the huge game that Gronk had against them, you know, those numbers are probably, if not the best, you know, one of the top three toughest matchups in the league. So I know everybody's loving Jordan Reed. I actually had him in my cash lineup on Thursday night, but after considering it and seeing the ownership percentages, I think I'm going to probably try to go away from him in tournaments. All
1: right, fair enough. Now, for me, the um, I actually think that Gary Monarch is going to be a guy that you can sort of um, make, make a case for. It, he is a little bit more expensive in terms of tight ends go, which I, which to me is going to create the perfect level of under ownership because you don't get him, you're not getting him for cheap because. Um, you know because it's Seattle and 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 because of the spread so he isn't the the, the cheapest option on the board there you can go uh, down a little bit further and, and get some some value guys uh overall um but and Jordan Reed to me is uh, a guy who I really feel like is um the the top targeted guy in the safety valve for Kirk Cousins. So that makes a, a bunch of sense. Um, and everybody else is sort of a little bit boomer bust. Richard Rogers is probably the one guy I wouldn't, I, I'm going to definitely pair if I use an Aaron Rodgers stack, uh, or, mm-hmm. or go, you know, empty set with no wide receivers paired, uh, there as well. So, and then just, you know, if, if people are wondering too, um, Renee Miller, uh, my co-host on pro football focus, uh, had Ben Watson pegged um, or sorry, Antonio Gates pegged over every other player in the group with an honorable mention to Ben Watson as her top two options there as well. And I don't think aside from Jordan Reed um, being highly owned for GPP purposes, I think you can mix and match anybody there in the top four, maybe top five um, as far as your cash games and GPPs. The only guy I will probably stay away from here is Delaney Walker because he's the most effective uh, offensive option for tennessee and you know
2: that means new england's going to take him away so yeah. um that's how well, i am what i was gonna say i kind of agree with renee i actually have uh, antonio gates as, as probably my top play at the tight end position this week and then the second guy i have is julius thomas who i think is more of a cash game play i'm probably not going to use him in tournaments because i haven't seen him have like one of those eight catch 100 yard kind of games, but. He does have a touchdown in four straight weeks. He's one of Bortles' favorite targets when they get down there close to the red zone. And he's given you a couple catches and enough yards where if he gets the catches, the yards, and a touchdown at a price, you know, in the $6,000 range like he is, you know, I still think that he can return pretty good value for you too. More of a cash game play. I think in tournaments I'm going to head more towards Gates because Gates and Rivers does have that upside to hook up for multiple touchdowns.
1: Alright, fair enough. Alright, uh, we are going to slide over to the final position here. We, we know what we always do, um, skip over kickers for me. If you, if you care, Chris Boswell, Goskowski, Matt Prater, there's your top three. Um, you know, so, uh, go ahead and spend at will at the, at the kicker position here. But then we have the Seattle Seahawks at 25.1%. No surprise there as, um, you know the what the one the top one or two teams, uh, along with New England, with a fifteen and a half or sixteen point spread this week. Then we've got the Chiefs at eleven point four, Patriots at seven point four percent, Bengals at seven point three percent, Panthers at seven percent, and then the Steelers at four point eight. Um, how are you going to mix and match your defensive plays this week?
2: Yeah, basically, I I like the Seahawks. I may if I'm going to use the Seahawks, I'm probably going to use them in cash. Cleveland is giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing defenses so far this year. And, you know, everything that Josh just said is true. The big spread, they're at home, blah, 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 blah. Such a good spot for them. So I understand why they're so highly owned. But for a tournament, I think I will try to go away from a defense that's 25% owned and find someone that can beat them. I do like the Chiefs um, with their matchup against Baltimore. You have Shab who's been, you know, basically gift-wrapping, you know, he's Santa Claus. He's been gift-wrapping pick-sixes to you know, opposing defenses and helping fantasy players throughout the world win money. So if you haven't been naughty this year and you've been nice, you'll probably get a one if you take KC and use them against Schaub here. Um, also like the Bengals going up against San Francisco, Blaine, I feel like the Bengals are going to have a lead, and Blaine Gabbert is completing less than 50% of his passes over the last few weeks. Hasn't thrown a touchdown in the last two weeks either, so I think the hot start for blaine gabbert has reverted to the mean and we're starting to see the blaine gabbert that we remembered um you know when he was still a starting quarterback in this league so those are probably the three teams i'm going to take the bengals and the chiefs at 7 and 11 percent are probably be where i go for tournaments all
1: right uh the way that i have this shaking out overall for me is um at 7.3 percent on i really do want to get some exposure to the Cincinnati Bengals. If you saw what Cleveland did to their offensive line, the offensive line is regressing in a really big way. I believe Cleveland came up with nine sacks. I know that was at home, and the, and the Niners get to play at home this time, so it should be a little bit better there. But the Bengals have a much, much better pass rush with Geno Atkins out there in the middle and their uh, outside rushers um, who should, should create some serious havoc. So I like them to me for, for cash and GPPs, and they come at a significant discount versus the Seahawks um, and the Patriots uh, for that matter. So um, And then, you you know what? I don't know if this week is the week I would actually want to mess with the Panthers. I know they've been great and they're undefeated and they've been playing and they want that record. So I, I buy into all those things too. But when you see a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. playing the way he has and and, and just completely locked in and dialed up with uh, Eli Manning, it's a little bit uh, wor- worrisome for, for me personally. So um, I have that sort of thought in my mind and then the Steelers also here with uh, Brock Osweiler struggling as he is and it's sort of that some of that's related to um, Demarius hands of Stone Thomas and Vernon Davis uh, for that matter but you know if they're just going to have to continue to do things like score 12 points against a team like Oakland uh, who you know does like I said have Khalil Mack which makes things interesting um, from like an under ownership percentage if you take a look at uh, the the Raiders they're um, not anywhere close to being a factor is those, are they on this list at all by the way the raiders no one is using the raiders against uh green bay by the way so that to me i just on like just as a as an absolute like home run gpp flyer i wouldn't mind just buying into khalil Mack who's playing like reggie white Right now, and just taking a shot somewhere with him in a GPP that I'm going to create like serious crazy differentiation. So a lot of like this is like this GP is winning GPP is winning all the money, or it's going to be in last place, something like mm-hmm. that is what I. But would. that's
2: that's kind of how you want to play GPPs. You go big or go home. You're yeah. trying to get the big prize out of it, you know? Right, and
1: so I don't I don't think there. They're not in the top 22, by the way, but with the Oakland Raiders, and they have the top sack man in the league. So um, that's something else, or maybe the most, um, the hottest sack man in the league. I don't know if he has more sacks than JJ Watt right now, but um, five sacks in the game, I'm going to say it's pretty strong overall for those of you who are wondering, keeping score at home. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the NFL Plays here for Week 15. Uh, don't forget, you can check out um, – All the projections that we, uh, like to go through here for free over at rotowire.com. So you can go to rotowire.com slash pod, get access to all the lineup optimizers for NFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, college football, college basketball for eight different sites. You can, you can try it out. Um, let us know what you think about it. Tell them Benny and Josh sent you, uh, free 10 day, free 10 day trial, uh, uh, on that site, there for all the information, all the all the projections, the lineup optimizers, the latest uh, depth chart news across all the sports, um, and check it out and see how you like it. See if it can be something that can sort of improve your your cash and GPP lineups. All right. We flip over to the NBA for Saturday here, Benny. We're going to talk about, uh, 10 teams on tap here. We got LA, OKC, uh, Charlotte at Washington. Jeremy Lin, balling out of control. I'm telling you what though. I think the haircut has made all the difference. What, what, what what say you?
2: Yeah. He had, he went back to the Dragon Ball Z, right? With the, like the spikes and everything. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And he jumped into the starting lineup and he won some people some GPPs. So, oh yeah he uh, he 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 had a big game yes big big game so yeah. he's on the road against washington and that's going to be a spot to target particularly if the two misses again for me because uh washington has terrible shooting guard defense uh chicago on the road at new york indiana mm-hmm. at memphis and the clippers at houston will start the point guard position i are you i believe you'll be talking FanDuel i'm sorry DraftKings pricing and i'll be talking FanDuel. Mm-hmm. uh give me what you got here at the point guard position
2: Yeah, I I actually have five guys on my list that I'm looking at. So I like Russell Westbrook going up against the Lakers. You know, obviously the spread is going to be a little bit of a concern if there's a blowout. But even in a blowout, you know, the Lakers have been so bad at at guarding point guards this year. And Russell Westbrook is so good at basketball that when you put those two things together, I think that he might be one of the few guys that I decide to pay up for on the slate. Um, If you want to save some money from them, you know, I agree with what you were bringing up before for both Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lin. If you don't have Nick Batum in this game, you're know you going to see more usage out of Walker. You're going to see Lin start at the two and get a lot more minutes as well. So I think that you can look at both of these guys. I'd look for both of them to outperform their number. Um, Again, if Lin's going to get the minute... I mean, Lin went 11x value in the last game. So if you can get that from a guy, that's... That's the kind of thing that you have to have if you want to win a GPP. You know, if you pick all the other right players around them and you get a $4,000 player that's going to score, you know, what he put up, 50 fantasy points the other day? You know, that's that's just so, so big for your roster. So I think you got to look at Jeremy Lin. Two guys who I think are a little more, like, cash game friendly that, you know, have been returning good value at their low price. I like Lou Williams on the other side of that OKC game as well. You know, as far as the point guards for the Lakers go, I know everyone really loves D'Angelo Russell and, and has been talking him up, but he's a little more expensive than Williams is. And Williams has been a guy who's been seeing more and more consistent minutes. So I think that he's going to be able to at least return like 5x for you. So he could be a solid guy to look at as a, as a price saver in cash games. And then the other cheap guy who's been returning good value for you is Patrick Beverly. You know, they just play at such a fast pace and Beverly is so cheap and is seeing so many minutes. That you know he's given you a solid five x to six x return. He just doesn't have much upside, so I wouldn't use him in a GPP.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there uh, um, as well. I also don't mind as like you know uh, in like a little bit. He's in that weird territory uh, one, once again, um, mm-hmm. and a guy that people really haven't used in quite some time. And that's uh, Derek Rose uh, at sixty one hundred. The price has has fallen off pretty steadily from uh, a peak of. What here looks like opening the season here at 8,100 down all the way 2K to 6,100. And, you know, he's been fairly ineffective, uh, in these last, these, these uh, last, three of the last four games, but actually in one of the tougher matchups against Memphis finally gets into the 27 fancy point range. You take a look at the New York Knicks and what they do at the point guard position. Um, the DVP for them actually is fairly solid, but I don't buy into that, that, um, uh, overall narrative. Uh, you and I both know that Jose Calderon is a guy that we could both slap glass on if so they put mm-hmm. us on the court right now. So uh, I don't understand what's exactly happening in terms of DVP. Maybe the, the, the help defense is crazier than I thought, or you know, Jose Calderon has some voodoo magic going on. But having said that, I don't think anybody's really going to be on Derek Rose because he's right there in the middle um price like you can go below him with jeremy lynn and you know uh bev and you can go well above him with westbrook john wall chris paul and kimball walker and nobody wants the middle so there's a little bit of a gpp wrinkle that you can throw in there aside from the fact that you know the the price the price tag payoff has been um pretty rough for him uh overall so some some a guy that you can sort of keep some tabs on not as as cheap as you uh, as vandal as you would like as opposed to DraftKings. But I just want to put that out there in the stratosphere because uh, I think he's the only, one of the only guys who has 40-point upside uh, that nobody really wants right now. So something to keep your, uh, your eye on here. Shooting guard position up next here, Benny. Let's talk about what you got.
2: Yeah, my list is basically a list of Los Angeles shooting guards right now. <laughs> so I'm not looking to pay up for the top guys. I don't think I want Harden in that matchup. You know, Jimmy Butler's basically been returning only about four and a half X, so he hasn't really been paying off, but Kobe Bryant has been going five, six X every game. You know, Jordan Clarkson, who just came back from injury, I expect him to, you know, click his, his production back up and he's still a little bit cheap at only 5,300 and then even JJ Reddick at below 5,000 has been giving you some, you know, solid five or six X value lately. So I'm not looking to spend up. Those are the guys that I'm looking at now. I could easily be talked off of all three of them if some value opens up. But I don't consider the guys like Gary Neal and Garrett Temple the kind of value that I really want to put in my lineup. So that's not the guys that are going to push me off it. But you never know. If something else opens up, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I will take a shot. But otherwise I'm probably looking at Kobe Clarkson. JJ Redick in some form, you know, to save a little bit of money at the position and spend up elsewhere.
1: Right. And so, um, well, and so we can sort of like flip the narrative a little bit on FanDuel because the position eligibility, eligibility um, does make a difference here. Lou Williams actually comes in as a two. Um, so I like him okay. in, in, in this spot on FanDuel. And then you have Jeremy Lin, who, um, is, I think he's point guard eligible, so you don't get to take advantage of him here in that spot. The, the other guy I do want to sort of take a look at here um, that and, and sort of get your opinion on is what, what we should do with a guy like Jeremy Lamb. Who, um, was rolling at, at a pretty good clip. And then, you know, um, has been just sort of uneven with the production. Like, you know, to, well, while Jeremy Lin did all the damage last week, he only came up with nine and a half fantasy points. But the game before that, he goes for 35.75, good for 8.3x and super cheap, um, in the, in the 4300 range. So your thoughts on Jeremy Lamb?
2: Yeah. I actually have been picking these guys wrong all week. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day I had Lin when he had his bad game and finished with like 16 or something like that. And then I had Lamb last night in a lot of spots. I had a little bit of Lin, but I think I had more Lamb because I went off of Lin to go to him, mm-hmm. Um, figuring you know Lin was still going to get the backup point guard and some shooting guard minutes, and Lamb was going to see more time. But Lin actually saw the time there, so that's the thing that concerns me. Is you know you can't really use these guys in a cash game for me because well you can use Lin because I think his minutes are safer, but you can't use Lamb in a cash game for me because I'm just not you know sure that he's going to see those minutes he could have a game like last night where he only sees 12 or 15 and and comes up with only like 12 or 15 fantasy points but i think you can use him in a gpp because he does have the upside where you know if he gets some court time and he starts scoring and gets rolling you know he could put up 20 real life points and 30 fantasy points and if you can do that at 4300 over on FanDuel, you're getting 7 8x value and you know you can't really ignore a guy who can do that
1: yeah, I agree with you there as well. Um, any other cheap options that we need to talk about? Um, it's it's tough too because of this five game slate. Like once you go outside the top end, you really are like um, picking into you know eight man rotation guys who aren't going to get starters minutes. So I think uh, the only guy that I see here in outside the top ten tier is Aaron Aflalo, who I've never used once this season um, in DFS. Uh, so, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. He does actually come up with, you know, 35 fantasy points and 7.6 x, but it was against Minnesota. Um, and then two games before that against Sack, he scored 25 fantasy points. So, uh, maybe not a bad play. Do you care about Aaron Follow or are you with me and you just, you know, you, you treat him like a vampire?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't looked at Aaron Afalo's game logs, and if he's a guy who's winning everybody GPPs, you guys can have him because I won't have him. So I'll just keep trying to find another way because I'm not putting him on the roster now.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so it's the vampire treatment for uh, both of us on Aaron yes. Afalo. All right, uh, before we get into the small forward position here, Benny, want to let you know that hey, if you're struggling with your fantasy um, the, your DFS lineups here, and you're you know it's it, a, a five game slate like here, can be tough. Tough. You can talk about Fantasy Draft and take a look at their flexible lineup format, which gives you the freedom to choose all the players you love. Just three guards, uh, three forwards or centers, and two utility players that you can take advantage. Their larger payout zone means more chances for you to win, and at least 25% of the uh, the price pull goes into their guaranteed contest. Now, they're doing something very cool to Here, Benny. They've got the um, uh, a Super Bowl weekend uh, experience here going off on, on fantasydraft.com. Have you checked out um, this GPP um, happening Super Bowl weekend for Fantasy Draft yet?
2: Um, Hold on one second. I'm calling up the Fantasy Draft website to put some entries in this right now. (laughs) Okay, there enough. (laughs) You've got the
1: Shannon Sharp experience here. You get to meet Shannon Sharp in San Francisco. Um, You go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame luncheon. You're there Sunday and Monday, and it's a $3 entry fee here with only 300 seats uh, soaked up here. This GPP is going off in two days with over almost 2K seats left here. Overall. So I don't know how much, how much juicier it can possibly get. You got $500 up top. You get to spend the weekend watching the big game in San Francisco, meeting Shannon Sharp, and attending the Pro Football Hall of Fame luncheon as Shannon Sharp's guest. So, two, two VIP tickets, three nights hotel stay, airfare for two, and then Fancy Draft is donating $3 of every entry to the Atlanta Humane Society. 20, um, entry max per player. So, 60 bucks can give you a full, uh, um, Slate of shots um to go out and hang out with a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl weekend attending the big game. Does it get any better than that? I'm gonna say no. I'm I'm done with my promo for fantasy draft because that's everything else I can say is not going to top that offer there overall. All right. How are you firing up sixty bucks worth of entries here, Benny, or not? Just tell me right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how many I'll throw in, but I'll throw in a couple.
1: Seriously. Seriously, you can't, you're going to throw in like $9 worth?
2: No, I'm going to throw in like, like a couple to me is like, you know, probably like 10 or something. You know, I'll probably throw in, it depends on how many, I mean, this is a pretty cool trip. So You're going to the Super Bowl
1: for 60 bucks, dude you know what i yeah. mean like uh, that, 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 that's what i'm that's what i'm saying right now here to, i know we we always talk about like bankroll management and stuff like this here this is where you go outside the bankroll management and say hey i want to go to a super bowl okay i'm going to give myself as many shots as possible that if you if that cracks a, a hole in your bankroll then go you know borrow 60 bucks from your mom and put it back out if you if you airball this gpp that's just my personal opinion on this whole thing so go to fantasydraft.com use the promo code rotozone uh, right now to get a 100% deposit bonus on DraftKings. They have a, a very aggressive uh, deposit bonus as good as anywhere in the industry. And nobody is running a GPP like the, like this to get you to the Super Bowl. Not FanDuel, not DraftKings, not with this experience, not for $3. Uh, so excellent opportunity for you to get involved for this GPP here um, on FantasyDraft.com. All right, we are back to the picks here at the small forward position. Let's go ahead and talk about your co- top cash and GPP options.
2: Yeah, um I think, and again, I, I said it the other day, and I, you know, it's tough for me to say it, but right now, Carmelo Anthony is playing so well. How can you not look at this guy and not want to put him in your rosters? Oh, wow, I, I can tell you how. Well, I mean, look at it. Six and a half X, 6.7 X, seven times X, you know, 36, 37 minutes. He's scoring 20-something fantasy points. He's rebounding now. He's even racking up assists, so... You know, he's definitely somebody that I'm going to look at. I do think that his pri- it depends what his price is at, because part of the reason why I've liked him lately is that he's been down in like that low 8K range, which is a little too cheap for the amount of volume and usage that he gets. Mm-hmm. So if his price doesn't jump up to like the high 8s, I still think that he's somebody who can return at least 5X and give you like 6 or 7X value. And, you know, that would make him a great starter, somebody that, you know, I- I'd want to look at here. So on the top end, he's probably the guy that I'm going to pay for. But there's a lot of guys in the value end. I mean, you know, if everything with Batum goes again, you know, you have PJ Hairston, who's like min price, who can get you 6x. I don't love him because I don't think there's a ton of upside, you know. But, you know, that's kind of where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jeff Green getting you like 6 or 7x value somewhere around there would be good. I think Trevor Reason can get you like 5 or 6x value, which is something he's been doing lately. And I also even like Matt Barnes a little bit if Tony Allen stays out. You know, we talked about Barnes and, ah, Barnes and Green the other day. Like, Green's the guy who's probably a little bit of a safer bet, um, but Barnes has a little bit more upside, especially if they can get in there.
1: All right. Um, You know, and the uh, the other guy that I I, I sort of wanted to take a look at here is um, CJ Miles, by the way who, um, the last two games paid off 6.3x and 5x there and, uh, scored 20 and 7 in the game against Dallas in 17 with 5 trays and 4 rebounds. He does have to hit the trays in order for you to get the volume. So to me, it's GPP only. Um, but, you know, is, uh, d- definitely a streaky guy. He has hit 5x in 4 of the, uh, the, uh, past 5 games. And did one blip against, uh, Detroit on the road, but in those 4 other home games, uh, there as well. CJ Miles has been more than serviceable and is very cheap. Uh, so somebody else that you can take a look at there. Memphis is another team too that you sort of n- normally worry about, but I worry less about him and his game because all he really wants to do is bomb away. You're not really worry about him to like trying to create his own shot or doing any, anything else like that. He just, he's, all the defensive attention is going toward Paul George and he's going to be out there open on the wing quite a bit there so we'll we'll see how that ends up shaking out tony allen um f- you know for that matter too if he's there he probably should they, they should probably if they're smart they throw him on paul george and not on tj miles in my mind too so something else you can sort of uh you know give some credence to as a potential pivot all right um let's go ahead and move to do we need to talk about any other home run guys before we move
2: over to power forward um I don't really think um, – let me just look here for a second. I'm yeah, saying, I mean there's, no, yeah, there's so nobody good. that really stands out. Like I said, if you need that like salary saver kind of guy to make things work, I think that guy is probably P.J. Hairston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to give you a ton of upside. But he'll give you close to 20 points at you know basically $3,000 if he stays at that min price right there.
1: Okay, and I'm going to tell you right now my cash game safe play right, right, right now here is uh, Trevor Ariza. Uh, right, right now um, has returned five uh, X or higher in the last three games, mm-hmm. getting um, big minutes. And, um, you know, never a guy who's going to get the, like the 20 point scoring volume that you really want for GPPs, but very, very safe cash play and going up against the worst, um uh, f- you know, fearsome force at the small forward position in the NBA, in the LA Clippers who, you know, have never, have not figured out um, who they're supposed to be playing their league average or a little bit better than league average in terms of like, you know, DVP. But we, I, This is why we've talked about this a little bit in in the pre show here, where you need to separate like fantasy from reality and take a look at the actual situation that's going on here and say, okay, this is where the numbers make less sense than what's actually going to be happening on the court uh, in our mind. And uh, I I like Trevor Rees in this matchup. All right, Power Forward is up next here, Benny. Let's talk about what you got.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you just are somebody who looks strictly at the numbers, one of the worst teams against power forwards is the Houston Rockets. And we got Blake Griffin, who's one of the better power forwards in the league going up against the Houston Rockets. Both teams play at a fast pace. This should be a, you know, very high scoring game. So I can understand paying up for Blake Griffin in this spot right here. He's been rebounding a little more lately. He's been scoring. He didn't have a huge game in the last game. And you know i i know that because i had him and deandre jordan and was getting close to the money and deandre jordan got a technical foul and got thrown out of the game <laughs> and uh yeah that that was not a fun night yeah. and i also think it's just an overall pretty weak position today yeah you know i know people like Porzingis, but i don't love this matchup at um you know against chicago for him I don't I you know Serge Ibaka on paper should do well against the Lakers but he just hasn't been scoring enough and putting up enough fantasy points for me to love him although he is getting cheap honestly the guy who I probably like second best after Blake is really um Julius Randall Julius Randall's been putting up a lot of like five and six x kind of games you know he's still only playing 20 to 25 minutes which I think is a travesty but again we've talked about it before He's double doubling almost every time he steps on the floor. You know, even in only twenty-four minutes, he's getting he's had double digit rebounds in two, five, eight, 11 of his last fifteen games, he's had double digit rebounds, and he scored double digit points in thirteen of his last fifteen. So this guy's basically been getting you a double double, which is gonna give you somewhere in the range of like twenty-five points all by itself, and he's doing it at only six thousand dollars. So Unless his price gets bumped up for this game, you know, I think he's a guy that you can look at if you want to save. And, you know, you don't want to pay up for for Blake, who's in the legitimate best matchup on paper for the day.
1: I'm with you. Blake is going to be my top lock cash option, too. Um, The two guys I really quickly mentioned, Clint Clint Acapella, uh, goes back into the starting lineup and pays off 7x um, in this matchup there with a monster 39.5 fantasy points there. Ten and twelve with four blocks. I don't expect them to block four shots every game, um, but you this is a, another matchup that, to me, that I, I think you can sort of step in and and take ad, uh, advantage of because. Uh, they need him to play big with Flake Griffin and De- DeAndre Jordan down there, down low. They need—they're going to need him to be in the mix and play pretty, pretty big minutes. And you took a look at him; he played 28 minutes in this matchup. So I expect him to be 25 plus there again at 5500. I don't expect 39 and a half fantasy points, but I think he's cash safe with some GPP upside and still very reasonably priced. Now, and if you um have the appropriate amount of um stomach. To, to take this play here at minimum price too, you still have Larry Nance Jr. Well, just above the minimum price now here at 3400 uh, against Houston. Did go for 11 and 5, 1, 1, which is not exciting, but 20 fancy points is good for 6x at that price tag there as well. So if you want to go away from that, you're not paying up for Lake Griffin or you're looking for another power forward option on FanDuel. Um, that's a way that you can sort of sa- get some big savings and you, and with a flow that's very reachable in order to, um, get, get that price tag payoff. All right. We put a bow. On the show here with the center position, Benny, let's talk about your top options.
2: Yeah, um, woof. It's, it's actually not an easy one tonight. I do like, uh, you know, Marcin Gortat. I think he's in a good spot going up against Charlotte without, um, you know, Big Al in the middle. He's going to wind up seeing some, you know, Cody Zeller defense, which doesn't really scare anybody. Maybe a little bit of Kaminsky, a little bit of Haas. So I think Gortat is somebody that can do well, especially You know, I actually just noticed something, and you know, want to go back real quick to something I said earlier. Apparently, Otto Porter Jr. is questionable for tomorrow too. Mm -hmm. So, if Washington is without Beal and Otto Porter Jr., as much as I hate to say it, I think you really have to look at some of those guys like uh, Gary Neal and Gary Temple because they're going to wind up getting a ton of minutes if that's the case. If all the wing players are hurt. Okay, But, um, you know, that's also a reason why I like Gortat, because I think you'll wind up seeing a little more out of guys like Wall and Gortat who will be asked to do more for this team. You know, Charlotte is not the easiest matchup, but again, they're missing a couple pieces too with guys like Batoon banged up. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of guys that are going to be missing in this game. So you're going to be able to find a lot of cheap options. So I do like Gortat as one of the top ones. You know, Noah is somebody that I've talked about before who's still pretty cheap. He's starting to get a little more expensive, though, so I don't know if I'd play him. You know, Steven Adams, Roy Hibbert are cheap options that you can look at. You know, Kaminsky, if you want to be really daring, but he has been seeing more minutes. But I don't know. I mean, looking up at the top end, Dwight Howard is not somebody who excites me. He hasn't been playing well, you know, really for a while lately. Uh, you know, Marcus Gasol, too, he's had a big game or two, good matchup against Indiana, but he hasn't really played well. You know, Pal's gotten so expensive that I don't know if you get value out of him. And DeAndre is just on my, you know, hit list right now for getting thrown out of that game the other day as well. <laughs> but even him, I mean, he's probably been the best of them on a value scale, hitting like four and a half to six times value, but he's not somebody that I really love. So I think I'm probably going to go and save money here with a guy like Gortat. Um, you know, and probably only wind up with one center on my roster on, on uh, Saturday.
1: All right, and um, the last guy I want to talk about here that's going to make my fan list, our article here for Saturday, which you can check out on rotowire.com there, uh, early Saturday morning here, is Steven Adams at the LA Lakers. Now, this is strictly GPP only because the game logs have been pretty uneven, and in a bad matchup against Cleveland, he plays 27 minutes and does nothing. But you know, when you go up against Anderson Veragel, Tristan Thompson, and... Um, Timothy Mozgov. I, I don't. I'm not surprised that he didn't do much because that's a solid front line who rebounds and defends pretty well. Um, but you take a look at the three out of the past four games before that: 7.1, 5.5, and 5.8x with a bad performance against a tough front line in Utah once again. There as well. So you're getting him at what? Uh, just, uh, 3900, uh, 4k or under. And, you know, he's gonna play 20 plus minutes there as well. He's gonna be a glass cleaner. And the matchup is elite against the LA Lakers and Roy Hibbert, who I believe have allowed the third most, yes, the third most fantasy points to opposing uh, players uh, at the center position there as well. You don't expect him to score a bunch, but you're really just looking to try to get about 20 points or more. And, they, and, you, and you hit the 5X on FanDuel and everything above that is, you know, GPP gravy. So there you have that. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. You can check me out on Twitter at Josh HayesFS. You can always subscribe to the Road to Wire DFS podcast and iTunes, on iTunes and Stitcher for your download and convenience. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you back here next week.